Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Hi, friends. While you usually hear from us about parenting and fun in Kansas City, today we're addressing a topic that we feel is important for our listeners and as women can affect us in profound ways. Our goal today is to educate you on the constitutional amendment concerning abortion access that will appear on the August 2nd ballot in Kansas. First, we want to go over some key facts about who is actually getting abortions. According to a 2019 study conducted by the CDC, there is no specific demographic group who gets abortions. However, there are a few statistics that should be highlighted. 60% of the people getting abortions have already had children. 58% of patients who get abortions have never had abortions before. 92% of abortions happen in the first trimester, which is conception to 12 weeks. And 51% of people who got abortions in 2014 were using contraceptives. Today, we're visiting with Danielle Keller, a member of the League of Women Voters. She is passionate about empowering voters and defending democracy. The issues Danielle cares about most are healthcare access and equity, voting rights, and public education. Danielle is mom to Ryan, her 16-month-old son, and Banjo, her four-year-old dog. She works full-time as a software analyst and in her limited free time enjoys quilting and reading. We're so appreciative to have her here with us today. Let's get started. Hi, Danielle. Welcome. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. We know you are super busy, so we just really appreciate your time today. Can we, Danielle, can we start by, can you just tell us a little bit about what is the League of Women Voters? Yeah, absolutely. The League of Women Voters is a nonpartisan grassroots organization, um, and our goal is really to empower voters and defend democracy. Um, Mm -hmm. There are over half a million members nationwide, and our local Johnson County League has over 300 members. And we are busy registering voters, educating them on candidates through vote411.org and with candidate forums. We host legislative coffees, educational presentations, and we have an observer corps that attends local government and school board meetings. Oh, my gosh. You guys are busy. (laughs) That's awesome. So, okay, let's get into our issue for today. Can you talk to us about the history in Kansas with abortion laws and access? Uh, Yeah, I can. There's a long and, in my opinion, very kind of tragic history with Mm -hmm. anti-abortion violence and Mm -hmm. um, regulations in Kansas. Um, I don't know if you've heard, the Summer of Mercy happened in 1991, and that's when thousands of anti-abortion protesters from across the country kind of flooded into Wichita, and they blocked access to clinics, they blocked streets, and made it incredibly challenging for patients um, to enter and access those clinics. Um, It lasted for six weeks, and there were over 2,600 arrests during that 
Summer of Mercy. Um, and Danielle, what know. prompted that? Yeah. Um, I, I think yeah. it was a belief. I think okay. it was a belief that a, some people feel that abortion is murder. Um, sure. And so they wanted to, I think, respond with with equal force. Um, yeah. I don't want to put myself into their shoes. Yeah. Right. Um, um, but yeah, but one of the providers that practiced there, and he was one of a very tiny number of physicians in the country that provided late termination of pregnancy for fetuses with severe um, or fetal birth defects was Dr. George Tiller. And his clinic was frequently targeted with violence and protests. And in 1993, he was shot five times by an anti-abortion extremist. Um, He started wearing body armor in 1998 because the FBI warned him that he was being targeted by anti-abortion extremists. And in 2009, he was fatally shot in the head while um, serving as an usher at his church. Um, And after his assassination, his clinic was closed and Wichita didn't have any abortion clinics until 2013. So women in in and around Wichita had to travel hundreds of miles um, to obtain abortion care. Wow. Um, It's intense. Yeah. And if we want to, if we want to talk about regulations, Uh um, there have been several attempts to ban abortion in Kansas. Um, There was an attempt in 2013 there was a failed attempt to pass a fatal heartbeat, a fetal heartbeat bill, excuse me, a fetal heartbeat bill in 2014. In 2015, Kansas became the first state in the country to ban um, dilation and evacuation procedures. And that law was struck down by the courts in 2016 before it ever went into effect. And that worked its way through the courts. And in 2019, um, the Kansas Supreme Court affirmed that we have the right to abortion that it's inherent in our state's constitution and bill of rights. And if it's okay, can I read you kind of a quote from that yes. decision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. They, um, their decision said, we hold today that section one of the Kansas constitution bill of rights protects all Kansans natural right of personal autonomy, which includes the right to control one's own body to assert bodily integrity and to exercise self-determination. This right allows a woman to make her own decisions regarding her body, health, family formation, and family life, decisions that can include whether to continue a pregnancy. Okay. And so is that court decision what prompted the latest effort to change the Constitution? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, so after, after that constitutional right, um, to make our own healthcare decisions was recognized. Um, a group introduced an amendment. It's called the Value Them Both Amendment, and it was introduced and failed in 2020. Okay. Um, but it was reintroduced again in 2021. There was a different group of legislators in the state house at that time, and it did pass in 2021, which is why we are voting on this constitutional amendment um, on our ballot on August 2nd. Okay. So before we get into the details of the amendment. Um, I think one thing that people might not know is there already are a lot of restrictions in state law. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what currently is, regardless if the amendment passes or not, what are some of the laws that restrict abortion access in Kansas that are already in place? Yeah, there are, there are several that are already in place. Um, a patient must undergo an ultrasound. Um, the provider must 
offer the patient the option to view that ultrasound image, they must receive state-directed counseling. There's a 24-hour waiting period. Parents of minors must consent. Um, The use of telemedicine to administer medication is prohibited. Um, Abortion is not prohibited after 20 weeks post-fertilization, which is 22 weeks after the last um, period, except in cases of life or severely compromised physical health. Um, And then, so those are just some of the the regulations about the procedure itself. There are also several regulations about funding. Um, Mm -hmm. Public funding is only available in cases of life endangerment. Um, Abortion is only covered by private insurance or by private insurance policies in cases of life endangerment. It's only covered in insurance policies for public employees in cases of life endangerment. Um, health plans under the Affordable Care Act can only cover it in cases of life endangerment. Um, and one of the big talking points that you might hear is that this amendment blocks taxpayer-funded abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have some numbers about that. Okay. And between 2013 and February 2020, Medicaid paid for four total abortions in Kansas in seven years. Um, and that public funding was only $1,030. Um, with $454 coming from the state. Okay, so maybe a dumb question. Why was it four? Like, why, why just four? Um, I want my best guess. I don't, I'm just speculating. I mean, that's like hardly I, any. <laughs> I think it's because. I'm just wondering why it's, why it's such a low number. I just my was, I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. My guess is it's because it's only in those cases of life endangerment. Sure. Right? So people talk about, you know, taxpayer funding, but at the end of the day, Mm. it was for abortions. I see. Okay. Okay. So reading, just to clarify, if a woman, like if I wanted to go get, I'm newly pregnant, want to go get an abortion, I would, under Kansas law currently, I would pay for that out of pocket because the public and private funding is only available for Life endangerment. Life endangerment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. 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 Interesting. Okay. So kind of getting into the current amendment, um, Kansas is not alone. So there are five different states who have measures on the ballot this year um, that will address access, which is California, California, Kansas, Kentucky, Montana, and Vermont. Um, so knowing... We just went over the restrictions that are already in place. What does the Value Them Both Amendment seek to do? Um, To put it just briefly and succinctly, the constitutional amendment would eliminate our current constitutional right to abortion. Okay. And I want to just clarify for our listeners, too, when we're talking about Value Them Both, the Value Them Both Amendment, that it would be... If you're in support of that, that would be your voting yes on the ballot, correct? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. But I just, in in context, you know. Yeah. Okay. So the ballot, I just want to read what um, the ballot will actually say, um, because I think that that is important, because I think you hear about these things and it's easy to follow. You know, I've been texted 25 times in the last Mm -hmm. (laughs) two weeks Um, and it's easy to get confused I think um, when you get into that voting booth 
So the amendment will read, Because Kansans value both women and children, the Constitution of the state of Kansas does not require government funding of abortion and does not create or secure a right to abortion. To the extent permitted by the Constitution of the United States, the people, through their elected state representatives and state senators, may pass laws regarding abortion, including, but not limited to, laws that account for circumstances of pregnancy resulting from rape or incest, or circumstances of necessity to save the life of the mother. So that language is kind of thick. <laughs> um, can you talk about, if I vote yes, this is what I'm voting for, and if I vote no, this is what I'm voting for? Yeah, absolutely. A yes vote would remove your constitutional right to an abortion from the Kansas State Constitution, and it would allow politicians in Topeka um, to pass legislation that could include a total abortion ban. Okay. And if you vote no, um, you would be voting to preserve your right to an abortion in the Kansas Constitution subject to the current restrictions that we discussed earlier. Okay, so it wouldn't eliminate the 22-week ban or the parental consent or any of those things we talked about. The things that are already in place. Those would still stay in place. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, So since those restrictions are already in place in Kansas, um, can you kind of summarize the support of the value them both organizers? Yeah, I mean... Danielle, sorry, I don't mean to interject. So when I was asking earlier... The reason why I was asking the value of them both um, correlating with a yes on the ballot is if somebody is listening right now and they are not familiar with any of this, I just want to make sure that when we're talking about the value of them both, that would go with a vote yes. Yes. And then Mm -hmm. no um, would obviously be the other. So that's why I was asking that earlier. So yeah. So yeah. (laughs) That's a fair question. I guess we are choosing not to use the amendment name because right from our perspective it's very misleading and confusing mm. to voters yeah and that's why we just choose to refer to it as the august 2nd constitutional amendment that's yes right. yeah so can you kind of summarize the the people who have pushed this or the you know voting base that is for the constitutional amendment um kind of the arguments from that side i mean I I hate to speculate about what they're thinking, but just based on what we've seen in the history that we've talked about, they Mm -hmm. have tried to ban abortion in 2013 and 2014 and 2015. And after the Supreme Court ruling, they tried to get this amendment on the ballot in 2020 and finally got it on the ballot in the 2021 legislative session. Um, And so it it seems like there is a group of people, there are anti-abortion politicians and special interest groups that really, really want to ban abortion in Kansas. And right now they're unable to do that because we have this, you know, our Supreme Court ruled that we have this constitutional right that's inherent in our constitution to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And so if if these politicians want to pass any legislation that would limit that, like we've seen in other states like Missouri, mm-hmm. they have to remove that constitutional protection. Um, and so this amendment is just the first step um, in a process that could lead to an abortion ban in our state. Okay, so kind of talking about that, the amendment, as it reads on the ballot, mentions 
rape and incest and saving the mother. I'm just going to ask this question. Um, but should the amendment pass, it would it be logical to think that in the future, legislators could also make laws regarding abortion, say, in the early stages of pregnancy? Um, or is there potential for, you know, access being affected you know, for Kansans who are looking for birth control or IVF procedures. Um, is that a logical assumption? You know, I'm really glad you asked this question um, because this just helps illustrate how misleading this amendment is. The amendment does mention rape, incest, and saving the life of the mother. But if you read it closely, it says that our representatives and senators can pass laws regarding abortion including laws that account for circumstances resulting from rape or incest or circumstances necessary to save the life of the mother. So Mm -hmm. if you don't pay attention, it sounds like they're making exceptions for those things, but really they're not. They're saying, hey, we can regulate abortion. We could ban abortion even in these cases of rape, incest, or the life of the mother. And so that's a, a very important thing to call out because if those are exceptions that you want, um, then you need to vote no yeah. On, I think that's, on August 2nd. <laughs> I think that is such I think that's such an important piece just because in conversations with friends or family that would be more likely to vote yes, those things are very important to a lot of people. And I wonder how how aware people are about kind of like I'm thinking of it almost as like the fine print. Like mm-hmm. if I vote this do do I realize what this could also entail with that vote? Yeah, I I don't. I'm scared people don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why we need I, to make it clear and tell all of our friends and you know really encourage them to vote no, um, to protect the right of people in our state to make medical decisions with their doctors. You know, mm-hmm. we know that pregnancy is. It's complex. It's unique to every individual. Um, And so we really just need to trust our fellow Kansans to make those decisions, you know, working with qualified medical professionals. So, Danielle, I feel like a lot of the talking points of the vote no side, I mean, in just nationwide, um, just the reaction to the overturn of Roe v. Wade have been things like, you know, abortion isn't always um this like dramatic late term procedure um that abortion access can be birth control or you mentioned like a dne which i think in most cases is often after a miscarriage mm-hmm. um is that something that Kansans should be concerned about access to in the future, if this amendment does pass? Are, so you're asking just, would this limit, I guess, medically necessary, I want to call mm-hmm. them? Yeah, um, yeah. A wanted, if, if a woman has a wanted pregnancy and for whatever reason, um, you know, something tragic happens and and it doesn't, continue growing. Yeah. In those cases, I think that women and people should be worried if this passes. Um, I've read 
news articles about women in Texas that go to the hospital and they have to travel to another state. They basically have to take a gamble of, am I going to stay in Texas until my health declines enough to get the medical care I need? Or am I going to travel, you know, very far distances into another state um, where I can get the health care I need without putting my life at additional risk? Yeah, I think we've seen some confusion just, you know, in Missouri. They obviously have not as much access as Kansas currently. Um, But, you know, we saw hospitals pulling back on giving out like plan B or those types of, you know, contraceptive emergency. Um, And then they did reverse, you know, their decision. But I think there's just a lot of confusion out there out there of what some of these ballot measures or what the future might hold for access to some of these, I would say, like, less extreme types of um, medications that might be considered abortion. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. To circle back to your question about IVF and birth control, um, I think what we've seen in other states is that the legislation is written by people that are not medical professionals. Um, I know... Mm -hmm. Historically, there was a law that told doctors to reimplant ectopic pregnancies, you know, in the uterus, and that's just medically not possible. Those Mm. pregnancies are not viable. Right. Um, And 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 like you mentioned, with hospitals in Missouri, because they're not written by medical professionals, it's challenging for medical professionals and hospital attorneys to understand and know how to interpret it. And when they're facing, you know, losing their license and, you know, criminal charges, that's just a risk that they can't take. Right. Um, And, and I, I tried to look up, you know, about IVF and I don't think I've seen as much with the abortion bans about IVF, but what I was able to find um, is just concern that Mm -hmm. if state laws are written, um, to be overly broad, then it could intentionally or not implicate and ban procedures like IVF. Right. I'm sure that it's totally dependent on the person who's writing the law and how much they understand. Yeah. We see that in education too. Often not women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Danielle, normally the League of Women Voters, um, you know, touts itself as nonpartisan and, not taking necessarily supporting specific candidates. Can you talk about why this was important for your organization to take a stand? Yeah, I can. Um, Our league, we're very proud of our nonpartisan stance. um, But what that means is that we do not support or oppose specific candidates or political parties. Um, We can and do take action on issues if we have, you know, a well-studied, informed position statement that supports our advocacy. Mm-hmm. And so the League of Women Voters um, has a position on reproductive choices. It was announced by our national board in January 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, and our policy mm-hmm. is that the League of Women Voters of the United States believes that public policy in a pluralistic society must affirm the constitutional right of privacy of the individual to make reproductive choices. Um, and so based on that position, you know, that is why we are advocating, um, for a no vote on this amendment on August 2nd. 
And this this isn't the first time that we've taken a stance on a local issue. Right. We previously supported the construction of a new Johnson County courthouse a few years ago. Um, you know, but obviously that maybe isn't as controversial. <laughs> that was probably an easier one to talk about. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, okay, so where can our listeners go? You know, if they're listening to this and they want to learn more before they figure out how they want to cast their vote or um, just kind of the nuances of it, what would you recommend as a place that our listeners can go for um, accurate information? Yes, very important. Yeah. Um, one of the best, you know, nonpartisan explainers that I've seen is on the Voter Network's website, and that's thevoternetwork.org. And they have a page that has specific information and frequently asked questions um, about the amendment. Um, And a a couple days ago, someone sent me an article from the Topeka Capital Journal, and they did an excellent job Mm fact-checking the claims that are being made by both sides of this issue. Okay. that's and helpful. our league also has information on our website, lwbjoco.org, and we have a reproductive rights page that has um, the ballot language. It has some news articles. Um, and we will and include all of that in the show notes so that people can follow that. Easily access mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Danielle, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much for speaking to something that is very complicated and um very emotionally charged issue. We just appreciate your time today. Yeah, I'm happy to share information and hope that everyone uses it to make an informed vote and um, votes no on August 2nd. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Okay, so now that we have the information on what the ballot is about, what do I do now as far as voting goes? Okay, so I think it's important to note that what we talked about today isn't the only thing on the ballot. Um, This is a primary election, so there's lots of other races um, being decided of, you know, who will be the candidate for November. Um, So you can... You know, I encourage you to look into those things, too, so that you can be an informed voter across the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the registration deadline has passed. So if you are not registered in Kansas already, you'll want to do that before the November election. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are registered, you can. There's lots of ways for you to vote. Um, I've already requested my advanced mail-in ballot because... Um, that is easy for me. Mm-hmm. So you can do that until Tuesday, July 26th online. Um, you can do that at ksvotes.org. We will link all of this in the show notes. And then you can return that advanced mail-in ballot. It'll come to your house. You can fill it out. I always like to do that because I can take my time. Mm-hmm. And then you can return that to a Dropbox location around Johnson County Or you can even return it to your polling place on the day of the election. So if you love the um, thrill of voting on election day, (laughs) you can hand it to a poll worker. Um, You want your sticker. Right. Or if you're worried about the mail or you forgot, um, you want to make sure that you bring the ballot that you got in the mail, bring that to your polling place um, and turn it in there. That's totally allowed as well. Um, You can also... 
you know, maybe you're going to be busy on August 2nd. You can vote in person in advance. And so there are many locations for that. Um, and that starts July 16th and then through most go through July 30th. But there is a location where you can vote through August 1st. And so we will link all those locations as well. That often has, um, I mean, they're great hours, shorter lines. Um, so that's also a great option. Or you can obviously vote on election day, um, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you can find your um, polling place information. You can find a sample ballot so you know exactly what will be on your specific ballot, which can vary based on where you live in Johnson County um, or anywhere in Kansas, I guess I should say. Um, But we will link that link as well. It's very easy to check all of this online. Um, there's also, you can read what exactly the constitutional amendment will say if you want to view that. Um, there's tons of information online. So we will make yeah. sure you get all that information. You'll want to bring your ID when you vote. Um, you do have to show that. If your address has changed, if your name has changed, have no fear. The poll workers, <laughs> I'm usually a poll worker. Um, you can go and... Um, you know, whether it's a provisional ballot or helping you, you know, get that changed, they can, they'll help you out and they will make sure your vote gets counted. Awesome. And I was going to say too, a couple thoughts. Um, one, the past few times I voted, um, I've taken my kids mm-hmm. and I think that don't shy away from taking your kids because you're in and out pretty quickly. Um, the people there have been so nice. They give the kids, you know, the I voted stickers. I just think it's important for our kids to see us doing that. Um, so I try to take my kids, uh, you know, as much as I can every, what, two, two yeah. four years. <laughs> um, and then also my other other thought I had pop into my head from, I think it was from our Joni Wickham interview. It was like our first interview, second interview, uh-huh. all about women in politics and just involvement. She really talked about the importance of local elections and how important that is because, um, and I will speak from personal experience, local elections to me, I used to not, to be honest with you, be real involved until I have learned that those, those are the elections that actually, I'm not saying that the national doesn't because it definitely does, but the local tends to have more effect on my day-to-day life. Um, in many ways than the national elections do. Yeah. And wherever you stand on this particular issue that Mm -hmm. we've talked about, I mean, it's easy, I think, to take a side and get riled up for whatever your belief is when you see these national reactions. Yeah. But this, for Kansans, this actually will have a more profound effect than what the U.S. Supreme Court has done. So. Um, so just know how important it is to vote. Yeah. Just make the time. And I mean, they've made it easy for you. Mail advanced or in person on election day. Yes. Yes. And always feel free to email us. Um, if you have questions about any of this, you can email us at kcmcpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Go vote. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, 
an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.